Hello everyone, this is Matt with the Hobby Shop Talk podcast. Along with me as always is Luke, and we also have with us Josh. Josh owns a, a local friendly game store here in Minnesota, and he is our first interview that we're doing uh, with a, a game store just to talk about uh, you know how and why they got started. And as I mentioned in the, the first podcast, the reason we're doing this is I wanted to start my own local friendly game store, and it's just a very tough thing to understand what to do. I've never ran a business. I love the hobby, and I want to be around it more so that's my kind of reasoning for doing that so i thought it'd be cool to interview other game store owners and ask why they got started again and what you know what are you into what are you seeing and you know because you're the heart of the community and you know i think it's so important to have that for this community because people it's hard to bring together people uh of the that like these you know whatever it is magic the gathering pokemon comic books and so having these places for them to gather and you know play the games and actually meet people is uh, I think we need to keep that going. So I thought this would be a good way to do that by us talking to game store owners like Josh and you know helping people out like me, figuring out you know how the heck they were able to do this. So with that, I'm going to just, let's start with a quick intro just about yourself in general. And then after that, we'll talk a little bit about, I'll give you give a quick uh, overview of the store. So just if you want to introduce yourself. In yeah, so I'm Josh, I'm the owner of Lewis Game Shop. And basically, I've been running hobby game stores in St. Cloud and Monticello now for about 10 years. Our Monticello one being our newest one at only one year old. Oh, cool. Cool. And uh, with that, I don't know if you have elevator speech, but that makes sense. We could have a, like the, or a quick commercial of Lewis Game Shop, you know, the 30-second minute-long just overview of what you'd say, what is the Lewis Game Shop? What does that have to offer? Lewis Game Shop is your local LGS. We're going to have... Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, tabletop games, D&D, I know we just brought on Warhammer, kind of anything that touches the hobby gaming world, as well as everything in the video game world. So our retro video games all the way up to new stuff. So anything that can be identified as gaming, you'll find in Lewis Game Shop. I think I should just not start my store and just work here. This <laughs> <laughs> just seems easier. <laughs> so I mentioned this, you know, the kind of next in line is, why or how did you get started uh, with you know owning your own store? You know, were you a hobbyist and you're like, I want to do that, or you know, did it just look like a, there was a spot for this business in this community and you you know you went that route, or you know, how did you get started and why? Believe it or not, I've been selling hobby stuff for years. I actually opened up my first eBay store when I was in fifth grade selling Pokemon cards. <laughs> wow. So I was out on the playground trading my fruit snacks for your Pokemon cards <laughs> and selling them on eBay. So I've been into the hobby industry and the sales industry. My, literally my entire life nice right that's awesome and we we kind of talked about part of the podcast too is just talking about luke and i i mean we've known each other since sixth grade and right around sixth seventh grade which would have been the what 90s uh jeez mid 90s right around when magic came out yeah and uh, then we started after. yeah we started playing around middle school so yeah we've been playing since then as well i myself uh i always had all my cards i sold a lot of them for beer in, uh, in college along with my sports cards but I always kept them, and then, you know, I kind of kept along collecting some things, but I really just got back into it uh, with Luke here a few years, years ago, and I kind of went all on board. Actually, just because a big thing was podcasts. I started listening to a board game podcast, and I just, I got so back into the industry, with whether it's magic and comic, and anyway, so, Luke, anything to... One reason we chose Josh is because this is my local game store, so this is where I usually come every other Friday. I come here and play Friday Night Magic, or usually it's just Commander, you know, casual Commander. Yep, and now that Sanctions opening back up, we're going to see all the formats come, but it's not just Magic. I mean, when you get into the hobby game industry, you have to 
cover all of them, like uh, Flesh and Blood, a brand new card game that came out. And those are the ones that I find the most interesting because you're actually introducing a new card in a new format to a whole new audience. Yeah. It's a lot of the Magic people are like, oh, I played Magic in high school. To introduce somebody to a game they've never heard of and then to get them to you know like that game and play that game is like a huge accomplishment. Yeah. It's like a huge sense of you know accomplishment to yep. see you took something that didn't exist and you made it into a thing. Yeah, that is, that is cool. And I, I also like the, the I, I, that was kind of my thought in the town I'm in, uh, in Long Prairie. It's a smaller town and I'll be curious, you know, I didn't even do much research. I'm just going all in on this. So I'm going to be curious to find out, you know, what people play. But I, my thought was too, I'm, I think I'm going to be introducing a lot of people to, you know, either Pokemon or Magic or, you know, any of these other games. So uh, it's going to be fun just finding out what everybody wants. And, uh, and then myself also learning because I don't know, like I, I go through these Pokemon, my, my son knows more than me about Pokemon, so I more play the magic and, and that other stuff. So it'll be interesting learning it along the way. And yeah, um, that's what a lot of it will come down to is you adapting your store to the community. Cause that's what it is. Like when I first opened my store, it was all video games and people started asking about magic. So we brought in magic Then people are asking about Yu-Gi-Oh! So we brought in Yu-Gi-Oh! We just kind of followed whatever the customers wanted to create that place. Yeah. One of the big things in a hobby game store is there's, there's the three places in life. There's the place you work at, there's the place you live, and it's your third place to get away from work and life. So that's <laughs> what you make your hobby game store yeah. into. Cool, cool. And, you know, so you've been doing this a long time. Once you actually got to the point of, you know, and we kind of already talked about this outside of this, but you've had other businesses, but... You know, are there any things that uh, challenges along, you know, when you first got started or any hurdles, you know, or things that you could, uh, tips that you could give to people like myself and others that are thinking about or starting a, a game store or challenges they might face and maybe how to overcome those early on? The biggest one is going to be pricing your stuff, knowing what to buy your stuff at for and what to sell your stuff for. So when you're buying brand new product, most things come with a wholesale price and an MSRP price. When you start talking singles, that's a whole nother game. You have to make sure you're buying the stuff at a, a decent amount price that you can sell it and turn a profit, not so high of a price that you won't make any money or scare customers off, but also being able to manage the inventory. As you see next to us is a tower of bulk magic <laughs> cards, and we've only been here for a year. I predict in 10 years, this room we're sitting into, we won't be able to fit into it because it'll be filled with so much yeah. product. <laughs> you know, you're talking about that, and it's also for myself, uh, you know, there's the, the store, but obviously there's also online. You know, was that a challenge along the way? You've been doing this for a while, or how did you adapt with things, you know, a lot of things being online like eBay or other things? To make a successful business, yes, you'll need to use online. Uh, the problem with a lot of it is, like, a lot of the magic cards, you know, they're, they're only going to sell for 10 cents. So, can't really sell those online yeah, with the yeah. cost of shipping. So, I mean, yes, it, there is that to look at. But, I mean, I would say the biggest challenge, the biggest thing I would say looking forward is inventory management. Making sure you're not buying too much product that you can't sell. Especially in a small town, if somebody comes in with five 5,000 count boxes of product to sell and there's nothing over a couple dollars in there, it's probably not a good buy for your store. And that's something I think I'm going to have to learn pretty quick because uh, I just uh, showed Josh here and we'll maybe post this on our Instagram, some of the cards I bought, but you know, I'm curious uh, what you'd think of my collection I bought because I just did this because I was uh, you know, Pokemon right now. It's hard to get and I don't have any because I, I do have some magic so I can at least start there and I'm going to get what I can, but you know, I was like, I'm going to go out and buy some collections, and it seemed like a good deal. Now I'm really curious. <laughs> but, uh, 
next, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, kind of one new CCG that's popular. I'm also curious, you know, you see the, you know, what's, what's hot, what's coming out. Uh, just curious what you see, uh, what you're excited about now or what's coming up that you're really excited about in the, the gaming industry. Well, for when we're looking at card games, um, I think a lot of these new ones have great potential. And I would say this, if you can get in as a card shop early with the new stuff that comes out and it does end up being a big thing, having those early sets is going to be huge. But like oh, yeah. Flesh and Blood right now, I think is going to be big. I could be wrong, but uh, it has all the right things to make a, comp- a real competition for Magic. Um, I know they just did a Digimon one and there's a huge following for Digimon. If they can keep up with production, I think it'll be good. Big problem we've had with that so far is the last order. I was able to get one box of booster boxes and no starter decks. Well, no starter decks (laughs) makes it pretty hard to play the game. So it's, it's, it's really going to come if if the companies that are making these and production is going good and they can get them on the shops. I think Digimon and flesh and blood will be two card games that could stick around for a while. Noted. You'll have to replay this back to me, make sure I remember this later. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Um, Along with that, kind of a similar vein, you know, I'm just curious, you know, you have a lot of Funko popped um, and also the note right here, just so, we also make sure to note this. We're also going to, along with your permission, take some pictures for Instagram uh, of the store. If that's cool, just some, you know, yeah, here's absolutely. what they, they offer. And um, so we'll do that. But so you have a lot of, you know, Funko Pops I see out there. You also, you know, you have the, a lot of the, the older games, as you mentioned. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things. One thing I mentioned, I'm really into board games. I see the board game collection I noticed has been growing here. You know, is it through... Uh, the products you chose, is it through, like we talked about earlier, the market and what you saw? Or did some of that come from things that you're interested in? Um, so I would say a little bit of both. So when I say I have a guy, his name's Mike. He's one of the managers here. He's huge into board games. So any of the board games he likes ends up on our shelves. But <laughs> it's all it's all customer driven. If customers start asking me, hey, I would like to see this. Hey, I'd like to see this. I do whatever I can do to find that product for them because ultimately, like I said, it's not just a store, it's a community that you're growing. So as I see people asking for stuff, I try to get it in. But the other stuff, I mean, literally, to be a successful store, you want to have as most options as possible because then someone's like, oh, I don't like magic, that game's dumb. You have to have something for them to sell. If you're only a magic store and they don't like magic, they're not going to be a customer there. So you bring in all the other stuff that gives them other options. And hobby gaming, you got to remember, for the mainstream side of it, is going to be kids. What are kids like? Pokemon. That's why we sell Pokemon plushies, because kids like Pokemon plushies. A lot of Pokemon cards aren't people playing Pokemon. It's people collecting Pokemon. (laughs) So you want to kind of look at your audience and, and really ask them. Like One of the first things I did in every store I've ever opened up, I put out a list, whether it be on my Facebook page or on the storefront, saying, what things would you like to see in the store? And they fill it out, they drop it into a box. And then I just put a big list and start putting tallies and the ones that have the most, I start there on stuff to bring in. Okay, perfect. Well, the last thing like we're going to talk about were just more specific. What do you, what do you uh, play or what do you, you know, what do you, when you have a free time outside of going through all of these cards that are surrounding us and, and yeah, every time I'm here, you're always, you're always running back and forth. So. Free time. Uh, that's the first thing you learn. And once you become a business owner, it becomes significantly less of that. But um, I, I do play Magic. I, I like the format Commander. Um, Warhammer's coming in, so I like that. Like, I play D&D. Personally, I like the combat aspect. 
the story mode and problem solving and that sort of stuff. You got to carry this bucket over here. That wasn't my style. Mm-hmm. I like the combat style. So Warhammer's a new game we're interested. I'm actually excited for that myself because giant armies battle. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. Making the figures, painting them. No, I, I have an employee who says he wants to do it for me. <laughs> so I'm going to let him do that because I don't have time to paint a thousand figures. But yep. I like that sort of stuff. So that's kind of the hobby gaming side that I'm into. And why we do all the video games is because as a kid, I was a huge video game nerd. I probably put 300 hours into Oblivion. And if that should tell you how old I am, just do the math. <laughs> what game was out when he was 15 years yep. old? Oblivion? Okay, I know how old he is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was curious, you know, your locations. You're, you know, we're here in Monticello, St. Cloud. Is there a reason you chose your locations? I started in St. Cloud because St. Cloud's a college town, which means the population rotates out. Uh, you had made the comment earlier that you had sold your stuff for beer money. <laughs> <laughs> that, it happened. <laughs> that is, that was my business train of thought. Low how ball, am I going to get these? College. How am I going to get these collections off of people and? Oh, the people who no longer want their collections. Yep. People who want their beer money instead of their Pokemon cards. That was the business model. And then it was to expand, just to keep growing out. And my goal is to have them all over the place. But it just slowly growing out and finding the locations that have enough people in it and have enough interest for it. Uh, you meant we were talking about uh, Warhammer. I actually uh, just bought my first Chaos uh, starter set I got for Christmas. And uh, I actually started reading the book. I was telling Luke, telling Luke, I started reading one of the books, one of the many, many, many books. And uh, man, it is interesting. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to learning more about Warhammer. And uh, I actually like the the act of paint, or the putting together the minis. I haven't started painting. I got the paints, but uh, I did like going to the, the uh, putting together the minis. Uh, speaking of board games, I actually have you heard of uh, Kingdom Death Monster? I have not. No, oh, that's a very expensive one. When I got into my Kickstarter issues last year when I was just stuck at home and bought a lot of games. I ended up buying another one. This wasn't on Kickstarter, but you mentioned the guy who is a big board gamer. If you act, ask him about Kingdom Death Monster, we'll see if he knows. But I put together a bunch of miniatures, and it was actually a pretty fun time. It's very uh, and a lot of people find that like rewardingly, like yep. to put the minis and paint them. I know that's something uh, they started in St. Cloud, and we're going to start here in our Monticello store that's as cool. well. But a painting day. We just get together and you pick out your mini and we have all the paints. So you don't have to buy the paints and you just sit there and paint minis. To me, I personally would not enjoy that. <laughs> That's uh, like, okay, I worked for an hour and I got his one little shoulder looking good, man. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, some people love that. And I mean, that. That's what I'm getting at, where like you want to reach out to whatever your community wants and make sure they have a fun place to do that. So we're going to start painting nights. Nice. You won't see me at the painting nights, <laughs> but you will see some of the employees who do enjoy doing that. Nice, nice. Luke, anything that you've... Uh... So you have a Facebook page, right? Like people, if they just type in Lewis okay. Game Shop, they could yep. find... Yep, we have Lewis Game Shop of St. Cloud and Lewis Game Shop of Monticello, so you can find all of our stuff and we any, post all of our events up on there. Any Instagram or anything, or just just all on Facebook, right? All on Pretty Facebook. Much, yeah. I think Perfect. one of our guys is making a Twitter account, I'm going to be honest, uh, when the social media went past Facebook, I uh, stopped paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually working with uh, Luke right now on my logo and uh, going through some of that. You know, that's the thing I got to figure out too. You know, a small town, I got to figure out the advertising thing. Anything you've found to get your name out there when you first opened your stores, or how did you, you know, get people into the store? I've done a lot in marketing. Um, I actually, 
I do so much print stuff. I actually bought all the equipment and started my own printing company to avoid the printing costs. But I mean, I went to all the county fairs and all and like your flea markets and anything to get people to see where it is. Facebook was really good. I used radio. I mean, I've done extensive into it, but your cheap starting marketing, Facebook, honestly, a Facebook page, boosted posts, getting onto those communities, letting the people know about it. And really, it becomes word of mouth. If you treat your customers right and give them a safe place and give them good prices on their stuff, they're going to bring their friends. It just continues going. Having some sort of incentive to say, hey, when you come to Magic and you bring your friend with you to a tournament, you each get a free pack of cards. That is a very good incentive to keep people coming in. Cool. cool. And I actually remember... uh... When you open, I think it's when you open this location. Maybe I heard it on the radio a lot, and I think they actually had the radio station. Do you have a radio station here? Yes. Yeah, I actually remember that hearing about that because I remember telling my son, "I'm like, that's where we went to the game store." Yeah, um, it must be good marketing because my wife told me about this before I even knew. So obviously, you're reaching <laughs> a lot of people. And gaming is the most popular it has ever been. I mean, when we st- like, I started out as an electronic store that sold video games, and then we became electronic store that sold video games and card games and then we became two separate stores entirely and now it's the point that the electronic store is you know a small store and the gaming store is huge and the gaming store has two store locations so i mean gaming has really grown to the largest it's been in the 10 years i've been in the industry as a professional i have seen gaming just blow up yep and i don't know do you want to talk about like the expansion here because you were saying you know, you're probably going to expand the Monticello game store. Yes, the Monticello store is actually going to take over one of the spots right next to it. So we're actually bringing more on. Because that's when we got into the Warhammer community. Warhammer needs a bigger place. They need uh, five by five foot tables to be able to play. So we are expanding that store as well to continue to allow more and more events to go on. Awesome. Uh, you just mentioned that with space. So I'm in a, you know, I'm going to be the... The Prairie Hobbies and Games is going to be in it's pretty much in a thousand foot square foot house. The bottom of the house set up kind of cool where I have because it's going to be a smaller location just because I'm in a smaller town. But uh, you know, I, I figure I'm only going to have space for five or six tables, maybe. You know, beyond the store. Is there anything when it comes to Magic the Gathering, any kind of rules to you know in order to have tournaments? Um, no, I mean you're just using five foot tables. That will be perfect. And if you get into like um, Warhammer, you just slide two five-foots together. Warhammer will be hard in that space. You might only be able to get two pods going at once. But, I mean, realistically, if you fit five tables, six tables, you're talking you max out at 24 players. I mean, that will be – I mean, it will take a while to hit the number of 24. Yeah. I mean, even uh, – there's a ton of my events that don't hit those numbers, and we've been around for years. So, I mean, it is enough to run a successful shop in. So, how does that work for um... – and magic specifically to like to run Friday night magic sanctioned events. Like, do you just have to contact wizard or what does Matt have to do to get, you know? that would be the route to go through contacting um, the WPN and, and getting approved through that route. Um, you might want, they have tons of articles on things you need to do to get sanctioned. Cause they are, they're a little picky on what they want and what they want their stores to look like. Yeah. I know they they have a WPN premium, which is, extremely picky like <laughs> color of carpet uh, oh. <laughs> number of toilets for how many chairs there are and probably be casual for the first i <laughs> i i don't know if we'll ever see lewis game shop as a premium but we'll always all my stores will always be at least the level one sanctioned i still have to get here for a turn this is the first time luke and i though have had a 
We have yes. no kids. So the first time I think I've been here with no kids, because typically yep. we both have young kids, so I come and our this is getting way off track here. That's how we game still is, uh, you know, it's kids go to bed. So when we're hanging out, we bring the kids and we come here. Yeah. But then they're looking at all the Pokemon. They're spilling cards. I'm like, ah, Josh is going to be pissed. We <laughs> get the kids under control. That, that's, that describes a lot. I mean, I, I, I understand the same thing. I just had, I have a one-year-old now and I, I can see uh, having kids uh, also eliminates all your free time. Running a business, yeah. <laughs> having kids, free time doesn't exist Negative anymore. free time. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing for me is uh, that's... Uh, I can see with my kids is now they're at the store. Well, they think all these cards that I'm getting are these things. It's it's different to explain to them. Well, those aren't. You can't just play with those cards, or you can't just play with this stuff. You know, this is for the store. What is the store, and what is yeah, personal? Yep. Yes, and that is honestly over my years. Um, how I've acquired a lot of my inventory is buying other stores that did not make it, and that's one of the biggest advice I can get is the stuff you buy for the store is the stores. If you start buying collections like, ooh, I need this dual land for my deck and ooh, I need this <laughs> force of will. Well, now there's nothing, there's no profit left because yep. you just took it all. And there, I've seen a lot of businesses come and go, especially in the video game industry where, oh, they got this $500 game and maybe the whole lot they paid $600 for. But once you take the $500 game, if they sell everything, <laughs> there's still negative $300, $400. So the biggest thing I could say is, don't let the collector in you take all the profit out of the company. Yeah, Sounds like a drug dealer. Uh, and don't get high on your <laughs> yeah, product, yeah. Right? That's going to be exactly. tough for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I'm also curious about is I come from a, another world in, in my day job, but I go to a lot of trade shows. You know, do you go to, you know, any is there shows that you recommend or is there places to meet other games? To, you know, like, um, you know, is there anywhere you can meet or where game store owners get together to collaborate? You know, events or anything? Not a whole lot. I mean, I for other industries, they have like the big one. I know um, FEMA is like a big board game industry one. I haven't gone to one of those. For other industries I work in, I've gone to big trade shows. The game, like the hobby game industry ones, I know there are a couple. I just haven't been a part of any of those. Like a Comic-Con or anything. I was actually just looking the other day. I was going to bring this up to Luke. There's uh, like a Minneapolis Comic-Con, and right after it is... Uh, yeah, my son is really into anime, so that's something I might have in my store. As I was mentioning, I'm, some things are slipping in that I do like anime and manga and all that, so I will have that in my store, and also WWE wrestling. I'm going to have section... In our small town, there's no toys of any kind besides, like, the dollar stores, so that'll be there. Anything that you want to leave, I guess, just for, you know, I guess the listeners or others out there, like, again, like myself that want to open a store, any, any last words of wisdom you want to throw out there? Or a shout-out for your shop, whatever you want to give. I would say this, if anyone is looking to build a store, literally sit down and write out all of the expenses and make sure you're prepared for it. When you go to put shelves up, every single one of those shelf brackets are $3. You need five of them to host one shelf. You put 40 shelves up, you just spent $1,000 on shelf brackets. <laughs> make sure you sit and calculate it all out. Don't just think, I need the display cases, I need the tables, I need the chairs, I need the product. Think of everything else that goes involved with it and make sure you're financially ready to do it. Because if you start off with a half-empty store and um, no shelves to put any stuff on and you start buying people's stuff. I remember when I opened my first store, my back room, I didn't have any sort of shelving. So we started <laughs> buying in lots and piling it up on the floor. And we just had piles and piles of video games and toys and people's collections. And I'm like... And I was talking to Anthony, one of the guys I started the business with, I also knew from elementary school. And we're looking out there and we're like, 
oh, we really should organize this because the piles are no longer able to be walked through. And <laughs> we found so many things that we forgot we had purchased. So, I mean, make sure you have everything planned out before you start throwing down tons of money. And then when you get into it, inventory management, making sure you're not piling things up on the floor in your back. <laughs> great. Those are all great tips. I think we end it with, uh, you know, we were, kind of already said this, but, uh, you know, why would you tell someone they should check out the Lewis Game Shop in St. Cloud and Monticello, Minnesota? I could say this. If you want to find your childhood, you will find it in there. My St. Cloud store has your video games. It has your comic books. It has your toys. It has your board games. It literally anything, and even with a stretch, anything that touches the word gaming, we're going to shove into that store. And I mean, you're if you want, if, if you're into the hobby gaming world, you are going to like the stores of, of Lewis Game Shop. Awesome. Awesome. And I do. And I do. That's, that's probably my favorite wow. game store I come to right now. So, uh, and uh, with that, this is the Hobby Shop Talk podcast. And this is the first interview at a, yep. a game store that's uh, completed. And yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing you for a long time. And next time, maybe we'll come interview you at another Lewis Game Shop location. Sounds like a plan. <laughs>